What's going on, everybody? Another edition of Top Rope Nation. And Kyle, this might be a first in the six-year history of this podcast because I'm not sure we've ever gone head-to-head with both Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Football. And let me just warn you right now, if you're tuning in live, we, this is not your two-screen experience. We will not be talking about Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, maybe football will come up. We are going to be talking WWE. We're talking about Crown Jewel Kyle Ross. I'm Ryan Drosty, by the way, if you've never tuned into the show before. But yeah, I mean, the Monday Night Wars are back, Kyle. How are you feeling tonight? Well, if we've ever recorded on Monday before, we've obviously gone against Raw because, as you know, it is the longest running weekly episodic program <laughs> in the history of television. We yes. have to have done a Monday during. Yeah, we think, probably haven't done too all, many. I think they've all been, we've done classics on Monday before, but those are, you know, closed streams for our patrons. I think that's it. Though. I don't, I don't think we've ever done like a flagship show before on a Monday, on Monday night. night. Yeah, we've done them on Monday nights before. I think we, maybe we haven't. I don't know. Yeah. I've got Alan but I mean, regardless, I mean, when, when you know, <laughs> When duty calls, you know, to review Crown Jewel, by God, you just clear the schedule. <laughs> well, I'm hoping people tune in while they're watching Raw or football or whatever doing. As I said, Alan, our good buddy, checking in in the chat, patron of the show. Appreciate you tuning in, Alan. And uh, yeah, it has been, feels like it's been a little while since we did a show. You know, we put out our latest edition of Top Rope Nation Classics here not too long ago. So it's it's been we've been keeping busy in our shoot jobs kyle and i and of course justin you know with the baby the newborn at home so uh we put it together we're here to talk crown jewel which happened on saturday so a couple days late we've been able to marinate on what we saw over in saudi arabia and kyle let me just throw it to you give me your grade a through f what'd you think um c i guess just like always this was a very typical WWE show, which yeah. I think means doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to everybody, but I don't know, man, like all these shows just run together <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it better than extreme rules. I liked it better than money in the bank. Maybe just cause I think those are like fundamentally flawed shows right. where it just feels like you're watching the same thing. Um, there was some variety to this, but I mean, unless if you, are some crazy person and think WWE is on some all time great run. I just don't know how you don't like give all these (laughs) shows basically in the C range. Maybe it's a C minus, maybe it's a C plus, but yeah, I mean, this was just a very typical WWE show. There was nothing that I will really care to revisit. I don't think most of it was good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, outside the main event, it was pretty dire to be honest, but it was a show. Nothing like outright sucked on it. I, I'm pretty much right there with you. I was trying to think back to what I gave Extreme Rules, and I think it was a C minus. And I I was basing my grade off of that because I thought this was a little bit better of a show, mostly because there was definitely something more memorable. I think I said this on the Extreme Rules show. I'm grading these shows. Is there anything I would ever go back and watch? And probably not. 
but you could make an argument for the main event just because you got a celebrity in there. It was an all-time great like celebrity match for sure. So I could see why people would maybe want to go back and revisit that one in the future. The rest was yeah pretty average. So I I'm like C C plus kind of right in there too. Um, I'll, I'll get I'll be a little generous. I'll go C plus on this one. I, I, I won't say that I hated watching it. I just think you're a real weirdo to be emotionally invested in any of this right yeah. now. Like, that's the issue. It's just, you know, my big takeaway, first note that I wrote down on this show was that I'll give WWE this. They do a good job of making you feel like, uh, of make, they do a good job at making you feel like what you're watching is a very big deal, mm-hmm. even though it is not. It's very dressed up. It looks yeah. very big. It's very bright. It's very loud. Uh, the production is very good. But if you kind of just strip that away, it's just kind of vapid and soulless and none of it means that I, I don't care about anything I'm really watching or any of these people. Like, I think it would be really odd for anyone to tell me that, like, their favorite performers of all time in wrestling would be like any modern WWE performer. That would be like so fucking weird if someone said that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's it's so much with like the era we're in. We talk about that all the time. They dress up the shows great. As you said, the production values are top notch. I mean, the hype videos are always excellent. They always open with a really cool video. I got to say like the poster for this event with Logan Paul and Roman, you know, literally face to face. I really like that poster. It kind of had like 80s vibes to it or something. Uh, almost almost takes you back to like that WrestleMania seven. I guess that's 91 poster of Hogan and slaughter face to face, you know, mm-hmm. or, or macho and Hogan back in the day. But, um, I just feel like in modern day, it's all about clips and social media clips. And like you said, looking bright, looking exciting. And unfortunately for old fans like us who like, you know, the greater story and a reason to tune in every single week. It just doesn't seem like that's ever front and center. They're my, they just want to make moments. You've said that before on the pod. You know, it's all mm-hmm. about just moments in WWE and highlights and those clips for social media. And that's what it is. And if that's what you're trying to do, it's very, very successful because anyone that runs across a 10 second clip from the show and they see that huge crowd and that huge video screen. I mean, and the pyro, like it looks, it looks really cool. You have to hand it to them. But again, I think about being a wrestling fan growing up. And I try to imagine myself in the shoes of a kid today and how, man, I would just every single weekend go to the video store and rent those videos and just like you watch the same pay-per-views over and over and over. And it's just like I can't imagine doing that with these pay-per-views these days. I mean, there's so much more that you're inundated with, obviously, weekly television. And it's hard to make it more when you've got that much Mm weekly mean a lot when you've got that much weekly television. Um. I don't, the WWE to me is actually a, a boring promotion right now. There's no incentive to watch television, really. You can tune in for these big shows, have pretty good grasp. Of I mean, even this show, like I mean, for a while. I, I don't know. Like, if you didn't watch this, I'm not going to, like, beat you over the head and say, you got to see this. Even the main event, which was good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it, it's funny, actually, to fast forward to the main event. Here they go. They put this celebrity in the match, but it was basically just a typical WWE main event build and main event match only with a celebrity doing the usual moves. 
Like it didn't yeah. really feel special. It was just that Logan Paul has an aptitude for this mm-hmm. and fared much better than, you know, your average novice, I guess. Yeah. Well said. Well, we're going to get into all the matches here in just a second. I do want to say, guys, if you want to help us out, leave us a written review on Apple. It's been a long time. If you're listening on that podcast feed, make sure you hit subscribe. We're, of course, as I said, we're streaming right now on, on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Twitter everywhere. Hit the subscribe button, especially on YouTube. It helps us out so much. And you saw the name scrolling across the bottom a second ago. If you want to help out Top Rope Nation, patreon.com slash top rope nation link here in the description it's the best way to support us bonus content closing in on a hundred bonus shows just for patrons in fact as i mentioned a little bit ago we just dropped our latest edition of classics and that was a look back at in your house bad blood 97 really strong show i have got to say you know we talked about the first ever hell in a cell match i was really proud of the mixing job i did in that podcast oh. i got to send you the file because a lot of bonus audio in there if you listen to the podcast version uh really good stuff so if you want to hear all of that kyle's got an edition of top rope nation extra dropping next week probably with uh, michael jenkinson longtime supporter of top rope nation should be a must listen you just had liam o'rourke on there a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, Brian Pillman and his death 25 years later, as well as some current topics as well, which was an, an awesome, awesome listen. So if you want more from Top Rope Nation, check out the Patreon page. Best way to support us. And tomorrow, no, not tomorrow, almost tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, I am recording uh, an edition of Pro Wrestling Then and Now with Frank Pettiani for The Torch covering Survivor Series 1992, an event that I attended in person. Heck yeah. There you go. So check out PW Torch VIP to hear that. And I will be, yes, I'll be on there at the end of the month too. So So. two Top Rope Nation appearances on Pro Wrestling Torch with Frank this month. I'll be on there to talk Montreal, 25th anniversary of Survivor Series 97 towards the end of the month. So anything happen hey, give the show? torch five bucks for, for one month and you can get both of us. <laughs> yeah. So anything happened at Survivor Series 97? No, yeah. I don't know. Have we yeah. talked about that ever? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Just a few yeah. times here on Top Rope Nation. Yeah. Um, and our next classic show, the poll just ended, Kyle. I just tell you this live on air. I haven't told you or Justin this, oh, but no. uh, every month we poll our patrons and they choose what we review on classics for Patreon. And this is going to be... I guess not the oldest we've done because we did do Memphis one time with Derek Chappelle a couple of years ago. World-class championship wrestling, Thanksgiving Star Wars 1983. I believe it was Gabe oh, Benson. Oh, fuck yeah. The, yeah. Thank God. Here we go. Fowler, you never. I'll tell you what, man. You know, <laughs> they say democracy dies in the dark, but not here at Top Rope Nation. <laughs> fuck yeah. We're doing something good. Oh, yeah. Not that, I mean, our listeners have done a great job all year, but they've, you know, I, I think they've picked events that are pretty like well-known, but that, mm-hmm. you know, all of us just have strong feelings on and really enjoyed covering, but let's go with the deep cut. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This one is not even on the network. I don't believe. Uh, I think there's part of it. Oh wait. 80, oh, the 81 star Wars is on there. Uh, okay. No, you have to get creative. I'm going to have to give instructions because, Oh, okay. It is so the all of it is on there. It's in like you just have to like watch the TV 
mm-hmm. except the main event of Carrie Von Erich and Michael Hayes in the cage. But they show that match in full on a recap show in 84. It was a big oh, okay. thing when the TV came out um, on Peacock that people like because it had not been seen and in full and people realized it was on a recap show um, before the David Von Erich uh, Parade of Champions. Well, I I did see it is on YouTube in sequence, supposedly. I think it was about okay. 90 minutes long. Uh, so I mean, I'm looking forward to it because Aaron Graham, longtime supporter of the show, patron of the show, he messaged me and he's like, I might sign up for another Patreon account just to have another vote to get us out of that late nineties period to change it up a little bit on classics. But no, this is cool. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm fired up for this. Oh, good job. Patrons. Yeah. I didn't know you carry Von Eric. One of the hottest crowds for any match in the history of pro wrestling, carry Von Eric, Michael Hayes, loser leaves town in a steel cage. Meltzer was living in the Metroplex at that time. He told the story that it was like a, sh- like a shitty night in Dallas that night. It was unusually cold. And like, people were like trying to like peek into the building, like, wow. you know, like pressed <laughs> up against the windows yeah. still. And yeah. stuff. I mean, it, it, that was really the height of that promotion. I oh, think yeah. Yeah. because it was, you know, David was still alive, obviously. Um, but yeah, that whole oh, baby. Oh, thank I have a lot man. of strength, man. It's going to be a huge change of pace. I'm really looking forward to it. And also just great timing because we've been having the the first photos drop from the upcoming Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw, Zach Efron. I mean, everyone's been seeing that on social media, so great tie in there. And more than anything, you know what else is great about doing that show for classics? Mm. Tell me. Bulls didn't win shit in 83. <laughs> I was thinking about that. If you guys have never heard these shows, we always go through like pop culture, what was going on at the time of the mm-hmm. show, what we were doing. I was not born in November of 83. I was almost born. I was in utero. I was like two months away from being born. So I won't oh. be able to share any memories. And then I was like, gonna, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting going through the sports moments of that. You're going to have to play so. Nirvana in utero. Some... Yes. I'll <laughs> well, lead in. To fade, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So, yeah, great choice. I think, as I said, I think Gabe Benson nominated it. Uh, he used to live in Texas during that period. And, uh, yeah, strong votes. I mean, it, it, I would say ran away with the poll, but it was it was a strong favorite. It got 33% of the vote. The next close to Survivor Series 02 and Survivor Series 95 each got 17%. So it was about mm. double what each of those got. So And yeah. just... You know, if you're a patron and you want your old school Survivor Series fix, you mentioned the extra that I'm recording with Michael Jenkinson next week. We will be covering favorite Survivor Series elimination matches and also evaluating uh, elimination matches as a gimmick that can potentially draw, can't potentially draw anymore. So we're going to have, you know, some conceptual discussions as well mm-hmm. as going over our favorites there. So if you really want to hear old school Survivor Series talk, maybe you're not as excited about as us about world class, you're still going to get it here at Top Rope Nation if you're a patron. Well, and in the Patreon archives, we have done for classics last year, Survivor Series 96, and we did Survivor Series 90 a couple of years ago. So those are available on Patreon in the archives if you sign up. And, and this one, world class, will drop probably the last week in November. So another incentive there for everybody. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, Kyle, let's get to crown jewel. I'm going to bring it back down to earth. (laughs) Not excited anymore. (laughs) Um, all right. So 
you know, they had the hype videos you talked about, you know, very well done. They opened the show with uh, the second match of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And, you know, a competitive match, as you would expect. Uh, they in somewhat recreated the WrestleMania 8 finish here with Brock kicking out of the corner and, and pinning Lashley while he had the hurt lock on. And then, of course... <laughs> Bobby goes nuts afterwards. I when that finish happened, like, oh, of course, of course, they went that way. I would stress the word "somewhat" in yeah, your last not, sentence. It, he it just was... laid on top of him, not the uh, the flip over the top, really, like Brett did, or like he did at Survivor Series '96 with Austin too. But it was, you know, inspired by that. So Bobby has a hurt lock on. Brock kicks out of the corner, <laughs> pins him while laying on top of Bobby. That's that's the finish. So I think it was I mean, inspired by the idea of neither guy wanting to do a job. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, Lashley attacks uh, Brock, basically puts him into, uh, he loses consciousness, you know, applies the hurt lock, whatever. We're going to have a rubber match eventually between these two. Um, I mean, it was all right. Yeah, I, I would I would expect. Not that WWE oh. is, is, is uh, predictable with their booking okay. and all that. But. Okay. Um, going back to my earlier point that the WWE does a good job at making you feel like what you are watching is a very big deal, even though it is not. We have this match. Two impressive-looking main event guys. But what a pedestrian match and feud this was. Uh, (laughs) Weeks ago, I think it was when we did our Extreme Rules review, because Raw was also in the bag by that point. We had done that one on a couple-day delay as well. And Lesnar had attacked Lashley on that Raw, and everyone's like, well, what's this all about? You know, I was like, look, man, it's real simple, okay? Lesnar wants his job back that he did at the Rumble to Lashley. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what happened. And, you know, they, and the key was, so Lashley loses to Rollins because they don't want Lesnar being the U.S. champion. Okay. And Rollins got his win back then over Riddle, and, he, and they were able to make that a U.S. title match. So the only question now is, is Lashley going to wind up beating Rollins <laughs> and get the title back, and none of this means a squirt of piss? <laughs> it was just... It, look, in terms of the match itself, I loved Lesnar and Goldberg at Mania 33. Might be the best mm-hmm. sub-five-minute match in the history of this company. But man, Brock has not deviated from that match layout much in the last five years. Nope. Between that and he's gotten away from Suplex City a little bit, but remember what he would just like beat that into the ground because the mm-hmm. Roman match was so good and Su- everyone remembered Suplex City, bitch. And he would just, you know, I mean, it was almost like Scott Steiner at the 03 Rumble <laughs> at the end yeah. un- until he finally yeah. switched it up. But now he's just rinse repeating that Goldberg match for WrestleMania 33. How many times are we going to see that same spear through the same barrier? If you yeah. are listening to this podcast <laughs> right now and still get excited about that spot, God bless your soul. <laughs> I thought you might go a little more mean on that one, Kyle, but yes, no, God bless I mean, your soul. Who, God bless your soul. Who the fuck was like, like <laughs> they actually show people in the crowd like, Ooh, Oh my God. Like, never I seen this before in the exact same spot. They do it every fucking match. Uh, uh, so, you know, an absolute shit finish here that did nothing for anybody. You know, in my notes, I said, couldn't possibly go higher than two and three quarter stars. Honestly, that's 
pretty generous, maybe not yeah. higher than two and a quarter. It, there was a lot of heat earlier, early on. And it, again, it's two main event guys trading blows, but I've seen this before. And with the finish, I get needing to protect Lashley. I do. Okay. Because he's getting screwed in the whole scenario. Lashley's just playing politics or Lesnar, pardon me, he's just playing politics. He just wants, he's like, well, I lost to this guy and I came back early, did another job to Reigns. I want to beat Lashley now. Mm-hmm. And by the way, now that I say that, it makes sense that Drew won on this show too, because guess who Brock is going to get another win back from? I bet mm-hmm. moving forward. Yep. So there now all of a sudden that light bulb, when I, I'd said that before, now the light bulb just went off uh, above my head. So this scenario sucked for Lashley. Honestly, I think his 2022 has sucked. I'll talk more about it later, a certain element, but let's go through this scenario and feud. Did him no favors. Loses the U.S. title to Rollins, again, only because they didn't want Brock winning it, but Brock still had to beat Lashley. And now you've got Brock getting cheered. Rollins inexplicably gets cheers. I mean, you want to give me full ammunition to hate the WWE audience. Organically turning Seth Rollins' baby face. What the <laughs> fuck are we doing, people? And I'm getting you that t-shirt, Kyle. No, I, I will literally just burn it <laughs> and send it back to you. Burnt. With the crowd singing, I'm burning really it on the down. T-shirt. Burn it down. <laughs> so you know, again, you talk about ripping off off your old sh- your own shit, Ryan. Remember, it was at Crown Jewel last year. Same deal. Lashley had lost a title that he'd held for a while, yeah. just so he could do a job to a part time guy that they didn't want having that title. It was Goldberg in that instance. I actually liked that Goldberg Lashley match better than I liked this match. That, that match, oh, that was way better than this <laughs> one, man. They brought way more energy to it. But yeah. they're just repeating shit out of the handbook. And the post-match kind of sort of made it seem like Lashley could be going heel, even though like Michael mm. Cole was saying he understands his frustration because he dominated most of that match, but he lost. I hate when they fucking do that. They did that in another match that we're going to get to, too, where – the match ends, and all they talk about is how dominant the loser was, like, immediately after. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know, this is not a rip-roaring start. Like I said, I'll have more on Bobby Lashley later. Yeah. So, yeah, they went about six minutes. Not much. Not, I mean, not much setting up the eventual not, third match. I'm going to complain about that. Yeah. Didn't overstay its welcome, that's for sure. Uh, after this, we go to the women's tag team titles. Bliss and Asuka defending against Damage Control, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Uh, now, Kyle, first of all, what are you going to do if Alexa Bliss goes back with Bray Wyatt? <laughs> There's been some teases linking them. Oh, God, please don't give us that again. Please do not. More on Bray Wyatt. Move to the fucking moon? I don't know. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Jump off a bridge? You just took a drink. Yes. Jump off a bridge is what I was expecting. Um, All right. I guess I could take you through the match here and and what happened. Do a Tim impression? Oh, God. Yeah. Rest in peace, by by the way. Uh, This one went about 13 minutes. It's a title change. Now, I got to say... Not that the women's tag titles are super prestigious, but I don't really like the way they've been moving them around so much lately. Um, you know, it looked early on like Bliss and Oscar are going to retain. Bliss was firmly in control. Oscar comes in, they start working Oscar's leg, and she sells the leg for the rest of the match. 
Um, there was even a this is awesome chant from the crowd at one point during this one. I think that is maybe a little too much. I, I don't know. What can you say something <laughs> like that? Imagine um, sitting next to someone chanting that. <laughs> like, there's two things you can do. You just, like, fucking roll your eyes and move on. That's option A. Or option B is to be a complete asshole, turn to them and say, what wrestling exactly have you watched in your life? Yeah. That this is awesome. This was very average. I wouldn't call it a bad match. Very average. Very average. Um, I'd call it bad. You call it bad? I mean, I yeah. wouldn't say it was bad. One good. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the end, Alexa's old friend, Nikki Cross, comes out. You know, who they had teased, I believe, on Raw. That what a callback. What storytelling. Yep. She that she was moving in the corner of, of damage control, and, and Bliss is up top. It looks like she's going to hit the Twisted Bliss. Uh, and Nikki Cross ends up laying her out, and we get the pinfall and the title change. So, got a little clunky late. Overall, pretty average match, though, as I said. And, and Damage Control wins the women's tag team title. So now you got Nikki Cross, you know, turning on her former friend. She's in Damage Control's corner, supposedly, although. In a much higher profile match later, she does not make an appearance in the corner of damage controls. We'll get into well, that because here they were losing in that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, no look, help she there. Just, yeah. I, I think Nikki Cross is just being put with them because they need a fourth person for the war games. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, I'll have I'll, I'll have a comment about war games in a minute. Our good friend Garrett Gonzalez actually uh, had what I would call a high quality takeover on his group page. But as far as this match, Ryan, again, I don't think it was good. Uh, fourth tag title switch since they brought the belts back. I assume, you know, you made the point about not liking, uh, you know, them doing kind of a quickie change. You know, they changed them on Raw, then mm-hmm. went back to damage control here. I assume they just did that so they could cite progress and or history here in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh. I'll tell you what, you talk about women's rights, you've got to talk about (laughs) in the Middle East. When you look up women's rights in the Middle East, you must first consider damage control, winning the tag team titles. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. That probably is their motivation. You're probably right. Saudi Arabia is fucking gross, and I don't give a damn who comes after me for saying that, okay? I'm not afraid of the crown prince. Uh, I'll tell you who is afraid of the crown prince was apparently the people at this press conference. Did you see this press conference? Uh, bits and pieces yeah this i mean this company has had its share of low moments okay we all know that we don't need to run through them okay in mbs chant (laughs) what the fuck are we doing this guy had a journalist chopped to fucking pieces people about to make this take a dark turn yeah. What are we doing, sports fans? Come <laughs> on, man. Um, Nikki Cross, you mentioned her factoring into the finish. Does nothing for me. She's a JTTS. That's job of the stars for those keeping score at home. And she's already lost on television just to <laughs> let you know where she's slotted. Again, she's being slotted as a fourth woman because they need four women for the war games in a couple weeks. Uh, must be stated. Not only... Uh, does Damage Control have a shitty stylized name? Their entrance music is also horrendous. <laughs> but 
But Kyle, it's See, like it? the keyboard. They spell it like the keyboard. Do you understand the reference? It's so cool. I don't fucking so give edgy. a damn what they're spelling it like, okay? This music reeks like ass. I don't know if I'd caught that before. Yeah. Their music. I don't know if I like always fast forward like their entrance when I watch it, but this was one of the most horrific entrance songs I've maybe ever heard. It's awful. Uh, outside of bringing Sasha and Naomi back, yeah, I mean, again, and then there's, and we're a giving and, the press conference, by the way, uh, yeah. giving a titles. Mm. I mean, do these people have any shame? Real bad. Look at Stephanie. I, I love. Did Justin send that to us on? Uh, our text thread with Stephanie's smile, the grassiest face. It's unbelievable. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what a nerd. They had like the nerdiest Halloween picture together outside there. God bless oh, them. Man. I hope they're happy, Hunter and Stephanie. But anyway, uh, the, the women's tag team titles bring the focus back to the athletes here, Ryan. I don't see them meaning anything resembling important uh, moving forward unless if Sasha and Naomi come back. For some kind of match, and even then, I think yeah. the importance would be short lived. Io and Dakota, quite frankly, have been a disappointment as a team, and I'm not ashamed to say that, or afraid to say that. I should say, I don't think I they're think the clicking whole, the yeah, way. I think the whole stable has been has not been great. No, I I think they they is what they is. You know, I, I think people who thought that this was going to be like a main event level group could carry the division. I think that was foolish to think that. Quite yeah. frankly. But um, I'm going to also take a step further in my criticism here. There's uh, criticism for everybody. Uh, I am not ready for Asuka anymore, Ryan. Her crazy routine fucking stinks. Yeah. That promo. Promo is so the match, bad, dude. Oh, so oh, bad. It set the spoken word back centuries. It's one of those things where, again, you would be embarrassed if someone walked in on you watching. Oh, my God. What I the would... hell is this? <sighs> Real bad shit. I, I recently mean, watched the 1992 WBF Championships. By the way, you talk about <laughs> not wanting people to walk you've in seen the room. Some bad television. Yeah. Oh. Um. Now you mentioned War Games. I don't remember where this aired for the first time. It aired a couple of times during the show, but okay. I do want to you know, talk about how you got to give them credit. They got War Pigs by Sabbath as the theme song for Survivor Series, and that commercial was pretty fucking awesome <laughs> to have that song on there and where did aew miss the boat kyle that was, should have been uh wardlow's theme song chad repack yep. called for it it was in the repack report yep and so triple h gets a, a point over tony khan there with war picks i wonder if he did it on purpose i wondered that too because there were a lot of people online talking about that i mean obviously it makes sense for this event but man that puts it put that commercial over the top it was pretty cool i was pretty again watching that. they make it seem cool i'm sure the they make it seem, and then the match and the bell rings yeah yes. and then the bell rings yes uh garrett gonzalez i uh, we'll just drop this now because i referenced it earlier and i think it's a good point to drop it in on his facebook group uh for fight game media he had a great comment too because people were like who do you think the teams are going to be for war games and Garrett goes this. I've got the exact quote. It's weird because Triple H said he wanted less theme shows and he wants a Hell in a Cell match that makes sense in the build. Yet here we are with two War Games matches and no real feuds that make sense for War Games. That's a correct take. Yeah. Good work, Garrett. So let's move on. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's forced. It's definitely forced. They don't have the teams right. So, I mean, uh, even that match we talked about with the women, like let's say it's 
damage control plus Nikki Cross against Bailey and her gang, which I assume is going to be Asuka, Alexa, and Candice LeRae. It just mm-hmm. seems very pigeon. I mean, do you think that those, like, the four babyface women are going to interact a lot after War Games? No. Do you I think, think Nikki Cross, Cross will be dropped, too? Oh, yeah, she'll <laughs> like, be thrown to the freaking scrap people life five seconds later. A couple months later, nobody will remember she teamed with them. Yeah. How did so. Nikki A.S.H. go? Oh, but Kyle, everybody told me on social media it was a great thing. It was her idea. Yeah, so good. If it was her idea, then I would fire her immediately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, kind of like the other guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, steel cage match. So, you know, obviously these guys have been working together a while now. Um, look, they're two big dudes. McIntyre, a better worker than Cross, but they match up pretty well. Mom's uh, a better cringe- worker than Cross. <laughs> <laughs> cringeworthy work though on the outside as you're going to talk about and honestly the finish to me made no <laughs> sense okay so yeah let me just say so you no, can win made by sense. it was just that like it was so dumb well okay yeah so the entire reason they're having a steel cage match is so scarlet can't get involved in the match itself i mean as you'd imagine hard hitting you get the superplex off the top corner of the cage or kind of off the top corner of the cage Try to escape to win. You could have won by pinfall also, but nobody went for pinfalls after their finishers throughout this match. And then Drew climbs to the corner to get out through the door, even though Scarlet is standing right there. And this is the entire reason they're having a cage match. And she, of course, sprays him in the face with Mace. What? What? <laughs> Why did he just cover after the superplex? He didn't even try, right? I mean, because they had to do the know, spot. Man. I don't know, man. This was this was not good either, Kyle. What'd you think? Cole, Michael Cole, that is not Nat King Cole, not Adam Cole, but Michael Cole. Let us know that Scarlet is both seductive and manipulative. That's nice because there's absolutely nothing beneath the surface level they've done to develop her as a character or personality. I wrote this in our Facebook group. It's you know, I, I wanted to save the majority of my takes, obviously, the, for the pod, but I wanted to give the people who follow the Facebook group a little tease. And the first thing that I wrote down that I just wanted to get people that uh, wet people's appetite with Scarlet is an all time awful performer. <laughs> I, I And I just read a couple hours ago that Tony Khan actually had some interest in bringing Cross in mm. to AEW, but did not want Scarlet. Hmm. And like, it's really, it says something when you've got the hot chick, you know, as the window dressing, you know, that's supposed to be a value add to the act. Yeah. She is awful. Like all of her mannerisms are just like embarrassingly bad. Yeah. And I'll get back to the finish in a second, but I was in fucking tears when uh, once again the crowd died during Karrion Cross's offense. <laughs> Brian Zill, uh, I forgot what he wrote, but uh, Cole was again using terms like, oh, yes, uh, Cross is very methodical with his offense, yeah. which is, of course, his speech. I, I think Brian compared to uh, JR saying uh, bowling shoe ugly and whatnot. I couldn't agree more with that take. <laughs> but this finish, okay, yeah. so Drew's going to go out the door. 
But Scarlet locks the door on him. Mm-hmm. And Drew's like, okay, well, I'll just fucking climb over the cage and win. That's what he did. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. Okay. <laughs> but Cross really? almost got there, Kyle. He yeah, like, and, and she's like, like anyone who's watched the steel cage match before in their life, you know, like she's there, like acting like all cool, like I've got the key. And like anyone with a brain would be like, well, just fucking climb over, Drew and win. And he's like, yeah, good idea. I'm going to win. And he did. Also, I mean, just we've talked about this on the show before. And like I said, we just did the first Hell in a Cell. What a freaking awesome match that was. It's WWF or WWF, WWE talking WWF recently. These WWE like escape rules in cage matches just stink. You know, like lock him in there. You got to have a winner. Pin or submission. And no violence to this whatsoever. No. This way. The most positive thing I could say about this match is at least Cross lost because he stinks. Yeah, yeah he Hopefully Drew can get away from this schmuck for a while. Although, again, like I said earlier, light bulb kind of went off off above my head as I was talking. I'm sure he's just going to do a job to Brock mm-hmm. in the future as well. So yeah, he's kind of stuck, poor bastard, as the match of his life and gets fucking Tyson Fury singing Neil Diamond to him, and then he works with Karrion <laughs> Cross. Happy birthday, buddy. I like, I like Drew a lot, too, man. He always... He is. He deserves better. Yeah. All right. Well, this <laughs> next one. We're off to a real rousing start so far, <laughs> aren't we? Can you explain to me why... <laughs> well, there's a lot of questions I could, I could lead into with this group here. Uh-oh. All right. OC, uh, AJ, Anderson, and Gals. First of all, why anyone would care about Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows... At this point, has anyone cared about them in like seven years? For God's sakes. I mean, AJ like, likes them. He likes having them around and God bless him because no one else does. At least they were getting paid, I guess. But I mean, I cannot imagine even like pretending to have any interest in this team. <laughs> so that could be one question is like, who cares? Number two, Judgment Day over there with Balor, Priest, and, and Dominic. And of course, you got Rhea Ripley out there. Yes. Why in the hell? Would Styles' team go into this match and not have someone on the outside keeping Rhea Ripley at bay since she gets involved in like the finish of every single Judgment Day match? And of course, she does here too, helping them get to victory. Like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, have you been watching your competition? You've been in matches with them. This is what always happens. No, we we got no answer. Heels were going over is all I can explain. I think. Did Mia Yim return on Raw tonight? Did I see that before we we got the air that Mia Yim is going to be with I them? I haven't even looked at Raw, to be honest with you. Let's take a look here, because I think we can report live. I think I saw someone tweet Mia Yim. Is- yes, she's back. And she joined the OC. So I guess you get the bigger audience on Raw. They could have brought her over for the show and done it there. Mia too, Yim returns yeah. to WWE at Big Raw Angle. Who would write something like that? I didn't write it, Kyle. It is, and I made sure it wasn't you. It would be awkward if it was. (laughs) I mean, the match itself, you got some good workers in there. Like, it was not talking about Dominic there, by the way, but it was decent. (laughs) Yeah, or Gallows. Um, He is stealing a paycheck, man. That hot tag, part of me died inside when I saw that hot tag. Yeah. I think two people cheered. So, 
the finish was uh, Styles goes, you know, he's going to hit the phenomenal forearm. He goes to the outside. Of course, he gets grabbed by Ripley, who drops him on the ring apron, gets back into the ring. Uh, coup de grace for the victory from Balor. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, this is like a six man match you'd see on Raw every single week. And really it feels like we have. <laughs> uh, yep. First thing I'm going to do here is go off on WWE fans who all of a sudden lose the ability to Google during AEW when they don't know something. But they are perfectly fine with this feud being based on a group from New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> that really burns my ass. If you're going to be, if you're going to hire, if you're going to be complimentary of this feud, I don't want you to ever bitch about I don't know who this is on AEW. It's called mm-hmm. fucking Google. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, imagine caring about the club or the OC <laughs> or whatever the fuck they are. I mean, I care so little about them that like the fact that they lost again as baby faces doesn't bother me one iota. Judgment Day, I guess now are a decent enough mid card heel group by WWE standards. Mm-hmm. Ripley's a better prospect than any of the guys in the group. Although I will shock you right now, Ryan Drosty, by saying Dominic may be salvageable short term. Short term. Dominic. Yeah. So, again, our good buddy Liam O'Rourke, last time he was on with me on Extra, we were talking about crowd sweetening on WWE shows, and there's quite a bit of it recently. But I think Dominic does draw some honest-to-God heat, and he does because he's shitty. But that's okay because it's, it's, you know, people like he kind of leans into it and, you know, every, all of his mannerisms are of someone who's shitty at pro wrestling and is getting heat off of it. So I'm cool with that. He can kind of, when I think about it, fill that old void the Miz used to occupy, right? That was the whole thing behind Miz's push. It's like, oh, we're going to push this guy because everyone knows he's shitty. Yeah, and it's gonna anger. And then, of course, like WWE fans convinced themselves that Miz was an actually good pro wrestler. Miz did get competent enough mm-hmm. that he kind of lost that um way to generate heat, right? Like you look at Miz now; he's pretty fucking terrible because he's ki- a kind of competent pro wrestler. But like WWE fans think he's like really good, and they think he's like a good guy or he's like cool. Mm-hmm. Which is like really embarrassing when you think about it. Yeah. Imagine thinking like the Miz is anything but a huge douche. You should boo every fucking time. <laughs> and that's what Dominic is, though, right? Dominic is a yeah. huge freaking chode that you should just boo. Like, it's pretty funny, actually, how he's like calling himself the greatest luchador of all time. That amuses me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The discussion, that is funny. That is funny. the discussion over that was the best part of this match between Wade Barrett. Uh, and Michael Cole. Michael Cole also said, someone needs to kick Ripley's ass. No one will make you not want to have the heels get their ass kicked more than Michael Cole calling for it. I thought Michael Cole was atrocious. Oh, on I was going br- to bring that up too. I saw I saw a lot of reputable people during the show on Twitter saying that how good Michael Cole was. And I, I was name. just floored. I want, I want a fucking name, right? You don't have to say it on the show. Chat. Yeah, I'll say, I'll, we can talk off air, but. I'm like, what? This guy just screeching nonstop, beating you over Cole the head with good? the obvious shit. He is terrible. On Crown Jewel? 2022? So bad. <laughs> he was abysmal on this show. He was real bad. So look, obviously, you know, it's funny that, you know, the OC is going to have a woman with them, 
But, you know, you're obviously building long-term to, like, a Beth Phoenix return because they – Michael Cole, again, said something about the hair. Oh, it's an homage to the late, great Beth Phoenix. And we were all supposed to be like, ooh, he said she's not really dead. <laughs> but Didn't she's he also say she the, the late, great Tony Gurria on this show, who's not dead? Wasn't that on the show that he said that? He did, did reference Tony Gurria. I don't know if he I, called I think him. he said the late, great. I'm pretty he, sure. Maybe Tony died and rolled over in his grave watching this <laughs> undercard. I don't know. Oh, no, Kyle. We're getting spammed by a porn site in the chat room right now. Oh, I don't oh, get no. that. I don't know. Guys, so I stay on YouTube. Don't click those links. Put user oh. and timeout on YouTube. Add to block list and restream chat. One of those. Block user on YouTube. Well, fucking open it. it up first. I want to see the pictures. <laughs> Show me the pictures. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, All right. I don't think there's anything else I needed to say about this. this was, no, again, I definitely want to get the Michael Cole stuff in, but yeah, below I'm average. Pretty... Oh well, I got I got more on Michael Cole in this next match, but yeah, yeah I'd say four matches in, we're below average on all of them. Yeah, none of them good. Nothing three star, but nothing's like horrific. But like everything is just around that two star, two and a half star range. I just looked it up. He did say the late, great Tony Gurria on this show. Michael Cole. Unbelievable. Tony Gurria, very much still alive. See him in Waterloo here at the Hall of Fame almost every single summer. Tragos this. I was going to ask you, <laughs> when was the last time you saw him? Yeah, I think he was here this past summer. I think I saw him. He's here almost every year. Oh, Michael Cole. All right. And then we go into this match pitting the Giants. Kyle. Braun Strowman, who was very outspoken about what a great match he had here with Omas. And I don't know if this is the same thing you're going to say about Cole, but the fact that he kept talking about, like, this is the best Omas has ever been. Yes. Like, so you're basically calling out that the guy has completely sucked for his entire run. <laughs> like, thanks for reminding us this guy's been so bad every time he's been out there. He loses was, the match anyways. Yes. And it was like, <laughs> like he was on offense for five minutes. And Michael yes. Cole is like tripping over himself to praise the guy. Oh my God, I've never seen him look so good. And then, yeah, as you put it, he fucking loses anyway. Yeah. So, way to make your announcer look like a complete dipshit. Yeah. So, I mean, it was actually like the probably the best he's looked. He's, but that's a pretty freaking low bar. Uh, he still you know? does that thing where it looks like he's laughing about wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he's in the ring. Yeah. So, yeah, very low expectations for this one. Some people liked it, as you know, I alluded to him, you know, bashing the, the flippy guys on Twitter afterwards and then, you know, whatever, doing his typical thing. This is the control your narrative guy that was drawn 20 people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Take your wins and shut up. You know, you got you got your money. They brought you back. Whatever. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was it was the it was the running power slam was the finish. Strowman gets the victory. Yeah, I'll get back to fucking Strowman in a minute. But, uh, you know, as far as this match goes, I saw somebody joke that MBS clearly wanted Big Show versus Kane, but they were unavailable. So <laughs> it's Braun versus Omos instead. I, I did like the tale of the tape and the footage of Omos putting his hand over Cole's face. If only mm -hmm. he could do that during the show. Mm -hmm. Test of strength. I mean, this was, you know, again, variety is good. And this was a... Big man versus big man match, which you don't see a lot now. Keep that in mind. We'll come back to it. But uh, this was better than it had any right to be. I, I would hardly call it actually good, though. 
I don't think this was a good pro wrestling match. It was just better than you thought it would be. Uh, we, we talked about Cole being super annoying. I, and I don't know what the point is of making Omas a jobber giant. So, spoiler alert, Liam O'Rourke and I had a discussion uh, on the next Squared Circle Gazette that will drop about Sid. Mm. And we talked about when a monster heel loses the big match, his aura is gone. And it's you really can't ever fully get it back. I always thought that was a problem with Mark Henry and the big show who did legitimately improve throughout their WWE tenure. But we had seen them do so many jobs prior to that that you really couldn't take them seriously ever, at least I couldn't, as dominant heels because I'd seen them suck for extended periods of time and lose so much. So, you know, Omas, he's very physically impressive, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But loses clean to Lashley earlier this year, loses clean to Braun. You know, Braun just basically shrugged off the offense, power slammed him, thank you, let's go home. So I don't know what the fuck you do with him at this point. I mean, are they in six months, are they just going to pretend he's unstoppable again? And we've just never probably. seen Omas look like this. Yeah, you're right. Probably they yeah. will. Um, another point I want to make, what a waste putting MVP with Omas was. Because Omas is not getting over, really. And Lashley's less over since he and MVP split. MVP and Lashley together was one of the great acts in this promotion. I don't know if maybe great might be, you know, stretching that word, the you know, the meaning of that word a little bit. But uh, by modern WWE standards, that was one of the best acts they've had. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the Hurt business. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, just having uh, Benjamin and uh, Alexander there with them, too. It was a good act. And they yeah. broke it up for what? Because Vince didn't like a Lashley having flunkies, and they wanted to get over Omas by having MVP do his talking. Well, it's not going to work. And now everybody's less over than they were six months ago. So congratulations, WWE, in that regard. And congratulations, <laughs> Braun Strowman, you fucking idiot. For flushing any of the goodwill that you got from this match right down the drain. First of all, what a mark this guy is. Searching his ratings on the internet, like on the flight <laughs> back. I don't ever want to fucking hear a WWE wrestler complain about Meltzer's ratings ever again. If this fucker's going to run to some outlet and say, Oh, look, we're getting five stars from like 40 people online. Yeah. Oh, and so, so when somebody likes your match, you like people rating matches. Yo. You fucking idiot. <laughs> and the thing is, too, okay, and I alluded to this earlier, about 30, 35 years ago, whatever it was, we had too many slow-paced big man matches, okay? And that led to people wanting smaller athletic guys doing their thing, okay? Well, now wrestling has probably too many small guys doing similarly athletic high spot matches. Yeah. The answer is not wrestling needs to be just complete, you know, like all high spots and, you know, athletic matches, no fucking giants or, you know, oh, these fucking little guys should be bagging groceries. No, both of those fucking arguments are the hot trash. You want variety. And also, Braun is like shitting on guys on his own roster. Yeah. This guy's a fucking moron. 
And it's the reason he will never be a world champion in a major promotion. It's why he was cut. Remember, Lesnar had issues with him. Remember, he fucking like shoot decked him. Yeah. In uh, that Royal Rumble, like triple threat with Kane. Yeah. Imagine being in a triple threat with fucking Kane, one of the dumbest <laughs> human beings walking the face of the earth, and you're the guy who gets punched. No Dude. shit. <laughs> well said. Fucking dumb do you have to be? <laughs> I have no I cannot possibly add on to that. <laughs> well said. And, and I'm Was gonna it... say it here because Facebook flagged the comment on our group. Braun <laughs> Strowman should be shot with a harpoon. <laughs> Kyle almost got a group shut down with that one. The automated Facebook bots pulled it for violence. He had a violent comment. Guy's yes. an idiot. Oh, I've you know you also got flagged one time when you said tarred and feathered. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> they got the they got the. Uh, Who did I say this, should be tarred and feathered? I can't remember, but you know, seventeen hundreds violence is is ready to go. They got that in the old algorithm on Facebook. Flag that. Unbelievable. Sad. <laughs> All right. Don't tread um, on me, Braun. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, tag titles. Uh, the undisputed tag team champions, the Usos, taking on the brawling brutes. Your boy, Butch. <laughs> that being Pete Dunn, of course. And your boy, Ridge. I know you're a big fan of this guy, Ridge Holland. The power of the team. Butch doing the technical wrestling. Uh, they go 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Usos retain. I mean, not surprising going in. They got a big match now with the New Day on SmackDown this week that they're really building up on Raw. They got, I see, like 40 minutes to start Raw. I glanced at the results while you were talking a little bit ago. It looks like they got a lot of time with the opening promo and then the opening match, the six-man match they did tonight on Raw. So Usos and New Day, understandably, a big match you're promoting for SmackDown. So this was kind of an afterthought, I guess. It's a chance to show the Brawling Brutes as this upcoming team. And, you know, Butch looked pretty good with the technical wrestling early on. There were some cool spots throughout. But you alluded to this a second ago, Kyle. A lot of these matches just feel the same. The Usos are great, but they're not really having standout matches right now, I wouldn't say. Maybe SmackDown will be pretty good. I mean, it's got some potential, but I mean, they're... One of the greatest WWE tag teams of all time. When you look at their their resume, top to bottom, they're part of the best overall act in the in the on the program right now. Mm-hmm. This match was good, not great. Um, they retain, obviously. Your thoughts? I didn't even think this match was good. Uh, I'll say it again: Usos have never been more over as an act than they are now. All credit goes to being associated with the top act in the promotion. That, of course, Roman Reigns. But their in ring has really fallen off. During this run, I, I think they just kind of phone it in. Cruise control. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, all credit, they've been around for a while. You know, again, this is the most over they've been. They're like, fuck it. Why am I going to try? We're, mm-hmm. we're with Roman. We're going to be near the top of the card anyway. So God bless them, I guess. But uh, can't say there are too many people in this promotion I care about any less than Ridge Holland. His rendition of the 10 beats was so sorry. It just felt like, like I wanted Sheamus to just run out and just be like, stop doing that. <laughs> Please stop. It was okay, so bad. Uh, another problem with this match, and you kind of alluded to this, is no one bought the Brutes as having a chance in hell of winning. And it especially doesn't help that commentary was hitting you over the head with the fact the Usos were going for the record on SmackDown. 
And in WWE, they only hit you over the head with something if they're going to do it. And so that's just, no one bought the brawling brutes as having a chance to win anyway. And the fact that Usos are going for the record on SmackDown just, you know, made reinforce that the brutes had no chance here. Mm -hmm. On the bright side, Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, when it happens, is going to be great. But until we get there, I'm guessing the Usos just kind of phone it in and we're going to have a bunch of nothing teams challenging them that have no chance of winning. By the way, there was a we want Sammy chant during this match over in Saudi Arabia, which sorry, he will not be appearing in Saudi Arabia for a few reasons. Sure. All those uh, people were immediately killed. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry that I I didn't know the microphone was on. I apologize. (laughs) Not fucking good, Kyle. No, it's not fucking good. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I, oh, okay. Yeah. You got any, anything else on this one? <laughs> Almost said something real bad. I was a little worried. A little worried. I remember, well, the, this next match was no damn good, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I saw Bray Wyatt in, in the notes, and I was going to take this podcast to a very dark place, but the people have to wait. wait Until till after we happen. talk about this, yeah, this fine... Matt Classic, which could still be going on for all I know. <laughs> yes. I was not uh, the last man standing during Bianca versus Bailey. Uh, 20 minutes and 27 seconds felt I gave more this like show 47 a minutes. <sighs> You're making me rethink this too. It's mostly nothing, on the I mean, main nothing event. Nothing so far on this show is good at all. Well, I mean, I'm a little higher in some of these matches. Like the last one, I thought it was pretty, it was a decent match. It wasn't a great match, but I, I wouldn't call it a bad match. It was just what you always see from the Usos. Like you said, pretty good match, but like kind of on cruise control. They got a little a little shine in for the Brawling Brutes, but, you know, the 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 result was never in question at all. So, you know, kind of Two similar to tops. the, uh, yeah, kind of kind of similar to the six man earlier, you know. Two like, stars don't tops. <laughs> don't really give a shit about uh, the OC, but always like watching AJ Styles. Judgment Day, as you said, mid-card faction. They're okay. I mean, it was a decent match, but not great. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, I just like... I what was are we talking about now? The, the women's match. So the Raw women's title match. Oh, Bianca yes. Belair, last woman standing match with Bailey. Too long. Some of the weapons just didn't work for me. And especially the golf cart thing they did at the top of the stage oh, was just real bad i mean this golf cart looked like it was going in slow motion and bianca is like standing there frozen like what should i do it's like oh i don't know walk two steps to the left <laughs> like, it's just like she just stood there with her feet in mud as bailey's coming in in slow motion on this golf cart they eventually use the golf cart to drive it down the ramp they placed a uh, bailey on, on a table like rolled her off onto the table and they did a spot and the table didn't break and then bianca had Power bomber through the table, you know, whatever. Kyle, the kendo sticks, your favorite part of the match, obviously. I'll tell you what. I don't know what weapon of choice, quote, fat boy slim, that I want to see less of in wrestling. Tables or kendo sticks? I think kendo sticks are worse. Yeah. Yeah. When I just see a kendo stick, I just go, part of me just dies inside now. I, w- I will say, and I don't know that you agree with me on this. Sandman, was, where are you? <laughs> I was a little surprised 
that they didn't switch the title. Oh, really? Just, I've said this. Yeah, just because, you know, Bailey just keeps losing. And, like, where does Bianca go from here was my thought. Like, change it up a little bit. But, you know, whatever. I can't complain too much. Bianca's, when you look at the women's division, obviously, is right at the top. But, boy, this match was not one of her best outings, for sure. No. Um, just to go back to the start. This feud is clearly underdelivered, so the commentary instead chose to remind you how much history these women have made. Not collectively, but individually. They just listed a bunch of accomplishments that, you know, again, they don't really mean much. It's just Michael Cole reading LinkedIn pages, basically. Uh, Wikipedia pages, whatever. <laughs> resumes, they used to be called. They still have resumes. I haven't had a job interview in like 20 years, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> they do. Yes. Okay. We you still do that. Uh, yeah. The kendo stick is just, you roll your eyes and just hope it's over. They absolutely lost me down the home stretch and you hit on it. It was the golf cart thing. So if you recall, what was it? The Royal rumble two years ago with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, they did the golf cart thing oh, yeah what year was that because they, they were still doing empty arena i think at that point so i think yeah. it was two years ago yeah and that yeah. kind of worked it was you know entertaining so i'm sure someone's like oh let's hey, remember when owens and roman got that golf cart thing over let's bring that back for the women now mm-hmm. and dude bianca's comically bad reaction to when bailey was again driving was so bad and i, I just at that point never got back into this match. It did not help that Michael Cole started just fucking shoehorning every golf reference he could think of <laughs> in the match. Yeah. Again, Michael Cole, please stop talking. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, you know, a lot of times I get mad when I have to, like, do something else when I'm, like, working and I'm also trying to consume these shows. mm this was an instance, at least down the home stretch, where I was glad I actually had work to do because I just kind of stopped paying attention for the last five to ten minutes of this match completely. I, I just didn't care. Yeah. And because I, you know, I figure I actually already knew Bianca was going over, and I have no problem with that. Uh, there was a little discussion about this on Facebook um, about, oh, you know, Bailey, what do you do with her? Uh, you, you alluded to this moments ago or. You know, just change it up. You know, Bay, it hurt. I just don't think Bailey should be Bianca. I don't think her run's been good enough. I think just doing a title change for the sake of doing a title change is worthless. I think it's just, again, adding to that Wikipedia page, LinkedIn page for no reason. This is Bailey's ceiling, is putting over the champions. And, you know, I talked about Judgment Day by the paltry modern WWE standards being a decent mid-card heel stable. Bianca's a good champion by the modern mm. WWE standard, which again is kind of a low standard, but Bailey's just someone, she's been around for what, five, six years on the main roster? She's not going to be in the top four ever. She just isn't. You I know, mean, we wh- talked about in during the pandemic, she was Yeah, but I mean, there were, some, there, were, the there were some people out. I mean, I mean, you know, there yeah. were some people out, yeah. so I mean, she'll get her chance, but not anymore. She's just not going to be in that, like, top... Like, she's not going to be in one of the top two women's matches at a WrestleMania, I don't think. 
And her work, quite frankly, hasn't been very good since she came back. Yeah. Damage control just, I don't know. This is, they stink. Yeah. <laughs> this was, I believe, the fourth time Bailey has lost to Bianca over the last two years in a pay-per-view or PLE match. Because there was this one, Extreme Rules, which Extreme Rules, we had the preview on SC Scoops. I predicted Bailey to win that one. Didn't happen. Um, she lost to her. Let's see. Yeah, they had a feud when, cell last year. She lost when, to her WrestleMania backlash. So yeah, Bianca right, has when, beat Bailey four times on pay-per-view going back to last spring. There's no need to have two women's champions anymore. Roman Reigns has no. proven that one champion is so much better. And what happens is, and this is the problem, Bailey is victimized by it. You have to just keep putting challengers. You have to keep finding challengers, I mean, for yeah. these title matches. So, you know, Bailey, that's what I think her role is at this point. Just being a challenger who can, you know, have a competent match with the champion, she loses. I mean, what does Bailey have left to offer, really? I mean, I don't it's mean to be kind a of dick. weird, though. Like, you bring, you bring her back. People have been waiting for her to come back. They give her this stable. Everyone was all excited about the stable. I mean, there's a Triple H criticism for you. You know, he, he brought back these people. They they make the stable, and everyone's going wild for Triple H's writing. Well, that's because people I, are dumb. <laughs> I mean, we Sorry. talked about it at the time. It was it was pretty clear, like early on, he was kind of blowing it with the women's vision. And I mean, here we are. But like, if you wanted the stable to seem powerful or like the real deal, I mean, you switch that title at Extreme Rules, no? No, so I what I would have done is I would have had them be you know be pretty dominant, winning a lot of six women, uh, six matches, and I would have had you know the the problem is they've kind of just already turned EO and Dakota into kind of like lackeys, like people who will take the fall in multiple. Yeah, it didn't have matches. to be that way though. No, my point. Yeah, they had they had they didn't. They haven't done nothing with those two to make them stand out individually, really. Mm-hmm. And I would have, you know, the shield is the blueprint. I'm not saying that the ceiling for these three is is the shield. I mean, because that's an all-time great group. But, you know, they needed to be portrayed as more dominant than they were. Like I said, them not winning the women's tag team tournament way back when was, like, really telling. For fucking Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah? Well, again, there's the thing, because, you know, we talked about that. They bring them back around SummerSlam and immediately drop the ball. And you have this stable. They get a run as the tag team champions. Bailey's a big name. I mean, she's been champion before. And, you know, it's weird because she's been working, you know, all these matches where they could do an interference finish and switch the title and keep Bianca strong. Like, that's why I thought at Extreme Rules it was actually going to happen. Going in, I thought, oh, I, for sure, like the stable's going to help her win. It'll be a bullshit finish, but she'll get the title, legitimize the group a little bit more. But instead, you know, so she lost there. She lost at Crown Jewel. She got the, you know, the raw victory, I guess. But like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought that I, they would. I, I would, I, I would not have put the title. What I would have done is I would have had Bianca have more meaningful singles matches with all three of them, which led to. Bailey eventually. Mm-hmm. I would have just dragged this out longer, but I, I would not put Bailey over Bianca Belair. I just don't think she's better, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think anyone does. 
but so I, I, I just, it's just one of those things where it's just like, all right, where's where's Bianca going? You know, who's the challengers? Change it up a little bit. She's had had a good run with the belt. She'll get it back in due time. But you know, I guess here we are. Damage control ain't doing much damage, Kyle. Yeah, they've got the prestigious women's tag team titles. Yeah, I, you know what I can see them doing already because I think that it is like I can see EO and Dakota like turning on Bailey because the yeah. group is not. It has not lived up to expectations. Yeah. You're probably right. That, yeah. Probably right. Um, Oh, so with the finish, too. I got to say, that was a weak-ass finish with the ladder and the corner. And Bailey's trapped in the ladder where, like, it was very clear she could easily get out. <laughs> Just looking at that, she's flailing around like, oh, how do I get out of here? And I, I, I didn't every- care for the finish. Almost every finish on this show sucked, quite frankly. So, I mean, to set the scene, like they, I don't think there was one ladder between the the ropes. Yeah, was there one good finish on this show? Hmm. We'll get to the main event in a bit. I didn't think that finish was any good either. Not, not particularly. No, there wasn't. No. No. Before we get to the main event, Kyle, we got to hit the uh, the Bray Wyatt appearance. And I think that entrance is still going on right now as we speak. Dude, when I saw there was still an hour left in the show and it was just Bray Wyatt promo <laughs> in the main event, I was like, fuck me running. <laughs> this wasn't as long as I thought it was, but I also fast forwarded when he was talking. Basically, Bray came out and he talked about like how he put on the mask with the fiend before and it made him, made him feel all powerful uh, but it wasn't it wasn't good for him. It's not how he wants to be remembered. His name is Bray Wyatt, he screamed. And then So of he's course, admitting the gimmick sucked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, but hey, but that's one step towards but, like, it, it's so funny that these tool sheds like Ryan Satin are all like, dude, like WWE is like not has it's been so long since WWE was this good. And yet this is like the same dipshit who for the last two years was saying how good everything was. Yeah. What no. a fucking knob job this guy is. <laughs> Wait a by, by the way, dude, man. I I, I mean, God bless you. I hope you have a happy life of marriage, Mr. and Mrs. Satin. But how about imitating fucking date rape for your wedding? Whew. Oh, yeah, the uh, drive through wedding. Hey, look, I did what Triple H and Stephanie did. What a fucking mm. So, let's see. Anyways, yeah, so the, the Titan Tron flickers on, and there's Uncle Uncle Howdy, Kyle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and that's what it's like. So you watch the first part, and it's like, all right, at least he's not going to do The Fiend then, if you're watching this, and you're thinking, all right, we're moving on to something fresh. Oh, no. Here comes the bullshit horror stuff. We're and, moving on. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy. He does he he talks about how he knows Bray better than anybody. Uncle and Howdy. The, fans, the phones don't the fans do not deserve you, Bray. Uh you're going too far. It's time to give in. Remember how good it feels, Bray. Put on that mask. Is do it. Like Hurt the fans. Like drug analogy or something? Is that what they're going for? <laughs> don't take off it's the like mask. A, don't take a off dare the mask. PSA? Uh, dude, it's this is I just can't again, like production value wise, yeah, it's very over the top. And I guess from a video production standpoint, you're impressed by it, but like <laughs> from a storyline perspective, I'm just cringing. Like, not again. 
Here's that creative genius, Bray Wyatt at work, Kyle. Uncle Howdy is definitely the guy who's going to bring up uh, politics at, at Thanksgiving dinner, by the way, right? Or Oh, no, that's... <laughs> Uncle Howdy's this fucking idiot. They got feud with Bray Wyatt, dude. Instead of instead of stop counting, it's stop talking. Yeah, stop talking, dude. We said this before. He was the fiend uh, years ago on this program. You listen to Bray Wyatt speak. If you're not actually like trying to consume the words, you're like, this guy's delivery is pretty good. He's got the performance aspect of pro wrestling down, but like the promos themselves are just word soup. Yeah, like it. I feel like the closed caption should just it should just say words, not actual <laughs> words. It should just say the word words, words, some right across words. because dot, 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 they, words. It, it's nonsensical. It means nothing. The way he's explaining away the fiend and his absence is just insulting. He also didn't even bring up this Uncle Howdy business. Even though the crowd had seen it before. And like the announcers like are just clueless too, I guess. Look, at the end of the day, as we said weeks ago, Bray Wyatt is going to feud with himself. And that is horrific. Yeah. Get me another harpoon, Ryan. <laughs> I can think of a few things worse than that. Yeah. What's he going to do? I mean, obviously, somebody's going to play Uncle Howdy, but at the end of the dude, look, man, Ryan, Kelly, Greg, I fucking love you guys, man, but this is fucking trash. <laughs> it's horrible. I almost thought, uh, like last week, about tweeting to Vince McMahon, please come back and fire Bray Wyatt again. <laughs> <laughs> You should looks have. like Vince is pretty busy though. Did you see the photo? Yeah, he's out that was shared on Twitter. Yeah. He was out to dinner with not his wife at the time. <laughs> it wasn't Linda. He's she did definitely... kind of look she she looked a little like Linda in the face just from that angle. Did you think that? I was more focused type. on what Vince looked like in the face. My god, yeah. he is morphing more and more into Ronald Reagan in the land of confusion <laughs> video by the day. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the main event. This is what everyone came for. Roman and Logan Paul. I mean, obviously, the entire premise of this match, preposterous going in. But they sell it as Logan just needs to hit him one time. You know, one punch shot of nowhere. The old Buster Douglas deal. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the underdog. You can pull it off. Leaning heavily into I that. I didn't mind that because they actually worked the match like that. Yes. It wasn't yep. just something for the announcers to say and then they're not working that style. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basically the story was, yeah, Reigns was very dominant early. Once in a while, Logan would find a way, you know, to, to hit a couple of moves. Um, he did, everyone's seen the side-by-side the -side by now. He did the buckshot lariat, right? Um, he did the spot on the outside where he, he filmed himself with a selfie doing the splash through the table. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, overall... You have to hand it to the guy. I mean, he's had mm -hmm. minimal training. He pulled off a really good match. Uh, we can talk more like the spots here in a second, but I, I wanted to ask you right away, where to you does this rank as far as like celebrity matches go? Is this the best celebrity match just work rate wise of all time? Because obviously there's bigger matches, WrestleMania 1, 
of course. But like as far as the work in the match goes, and we've seen some decent ones, like you know, Bad Bunny impressed in the ring before too. But like Stephen Amell always came across pretty good in his matches. But is this the best celebrity match there's been that you can remember, like ring work wise? I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah. There's a larger issue of play that I want to get to later. Yeah. I don't actually know how to answer that question because we have to have a conversation about the performance center. Okay. And we should get to the finish All um, right. first. All right. Yeah. You know what? You're, do you want to do it now? I guess we can do it Let's now. Let's do it now. I, um, I think okay. Well. Okay. All right. So Rick Skelton, one of our uh, most ardent supporters, good friend. He's appeared on Top Rope Nation Extra before. He had a post on Facebook this morning talking about Paul, Paul, pardon me, Logan Paul, exposing the Performance Center. But you got to keep in mind here, Logan Paul was trained <laughs> by Shawn Michaels in the Performance Center. So I don't know if he exposed the Performance Center. What he exposed in the is that if you teach everyone to wrestle the same way, which the Performance Center does, it's always going to be cooler when it's celebrities doing the same moves you always see. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, man, I can't believe, like, this guy who's only got three matches under his belt just did that. But what that does, it makes your full-time crew look shitty because they've all been doing this for a decade, and it's their dream, and, you know, and they don't look any better than the novice. Mm-hmm. So the PC is good in the sense that it can make people with no prior wrestling experience look quite competent, as we saw here. Uh, or even good, and Logan Paul was good here, but <laughs> it also takes people with previous wrestling experience and seemingly strips them of everything that made them interesting in the first place, which is very bad. <laughs> so that's the issue at the Performance Center. I mean, you know, when we you know say, oh, Logan Paul made the Performance Center look like shit. Well, okay, Paul is certainly shockingly good for his experience level. There's no, I mean, three matches. Mm-hmm. And he definitely brings an aura that a lot of the guys who come through the PC don't have. You know, he, yeah, he gets yeah. the performance aspect of pro wrestling. He played to the crowd, which is underdone in modern wrestling. Um, but another key is he's not overexposed on television like everybody is. You know, and, and Roman too. I mean, he's smart. He's like, fuck what I'd be on TV every week for. Right. So that yeah. helps. So, I mean, I, it's hard for me to say that this was the best celebrity performance ever because I feel the WWE just has this flawed system that favors celebrities now. You brought up Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing a Canadian Destroyer. I was like, holy shit, he, Bad Bunny did a Canadian Destroyer. But, like, if anyone else did it, you'd be like, okay, I fucking see that all the time. If any, it just, honestly, it just sort of exposes everybody else and your style of teaching. So I, I, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I think I like, like, as a match, I liked Flair and Arn versus McMichael and Green better than I like this. I mean, that's a good one. Because they... You know, we talked because we reviewed Great American Bash Night 6. They wrestled like football yeah. players would wrestle. Logan Paul basically just wrestled like every WWE wrestler. He just 
was kind of better at it and he's a more popular personality. Well, they did. At least they lead into the fact, you know, that they had posted the pictures of Sean training him and then he goes for the sweet chin music. You know, he did the flying Mm -hmm. forearm and the kip up and everything. So like he did Sean's spots. The the sweet chin music was really the only thing that he did in the match. It didn't look good. (laughs) It was not very good. But, you know, like a nod to that. So like he's emulating the guy who had Chris Adams teach him. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) But it was I mean, I, I would say athletically. It's got to be, to me, the best performance by a celebrity I've seen, just just from a eye-popping athleticism perspective. I mean, but it wasn't he, like the biggest celebrity match. Obviously, there's been bigger ones that drew more money and things like that, or a more mainstream interest, for sure. I mean, look at what Rodman and Carl Malone did, but I mean, they, he, that wasn't the kind of performance we see here. Yeah, I mean, he looked great against the fucking Miz at, what was that, yeah. SummerSlam, too? I mean, he, he, he very clearly gets it. Um, mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see if he was a regular TV character, what would happen. My guess is he would, you know, the same fate that hits everybody would overcome him and he'd just feel less special over time. And honestly, him getting injured, you know, and hopefully for a speedy recovery, uh, not the worst thing for his WWE career because he can do a comeback from injury deal yeah. for his next time and people will be into it. So, yeah. and this was the last match that they'll remember and it was, a, a great performance from him against the biggest name in the company. It's funny though, something you just said about, Oh, you know, there have been celebrity matches that have drawn way more money. And that's absolutely correct. This match is supposed to be this unique special deal. But again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the outset. It was just kind of a normal WWE main event with a celebrity who gets it doing the same moves you'd get from any Roman baby face. But as you said, the fact that Roman doesn't wrestle very often makes it special. And that's a key point that's, you know, often lost in WWE where overexposure is a big problem. I I love the fact that he rarely wrestles. Of course, Logan Paul rarely wrestles. He's brand new injury, everything. So like, the fact that this is rare would make you more likely to go back and watch it, let alone the performance by yeah, a celebrity. But, but it, it's funny because it here it is, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. This is supposed to be this thing that transcends pro wrestling. It's going to bring the casual fan in, right? And really, the only reason it got any mention anywhere is because Logan Paul got hurt. <laughs> and I, I'm sound like I'm being critical. I, it was easily the best thing on the show, which isn't saying much. Uh, but I, I liked how they took their time early on. Everything they were doing seemed to matter. First thing in my notes on this match, Roman is the only cool person on the show. Because uh, yes. I mean, Logan, Logan <laughs> yes. Paul is a shitty baby face, to be honest. Well, Lo- someone really needs to explain to this guy because, like, he's insisted upon being a baby face. They yeah, wanted he, him to be healed. He like, would be someone a- needs to. Fucking so awesome heel. Oh my god. Yeah, like someone th- th- needs that to explain true. to him. Like Sean needs to sit this guy down and be like, I gotta tell you, it's way more fun to be a heel. <laughs> like you could be so good as a heel. Yeah. It's a lot more fun too. Like that although he he would be very, very good as a heel. The only yeah. problem then though is what he wants he wants to just do all the cool moves that everyone yeah. else does. And that and so so I mean that's that's a problem. But mm-hmm. um you know, but you know, I said Roland was the only cool person on the show. Check that because Paul Heyman's facial reactions throughout this match were nothing short of spectacular. Yeah. I mean, 
they usually are, but I thought even by Paul's standards of selling the in-ring action, this was top-notch from him. You know, the camera was always in a got, had him in a good position reacting. Mm. Um, you know, it, when Paul would hit one of the surprise moves, you know, Paul would, you know, be surprised. It was that that was very good. Uh, what was not good though was the interference portion of the program in this match. Yeah. And they, they lost me. They they were having a, a a really good main event match. And then just a bunch of people's music started playing. They took their time getting out. I mean, they were doing like normal intros. Do, do the WWE yeah. officials just say, oh, this guy wants to come out, so we're just going to play <laughs> his music. music, and he's just going to slowly saunter to the ring? I mean, that's fucking phonier than the day is long. Yeah. They're excellent near falls in this match. Credit to Roman, again, like getting you to believe that just maybe he could pull it off if you could suspend your disbelief for you know a second because Paul hits he hits the right hand he goes on offense he had the aforementioned spot where he he goes up on the uh, top rope and jumps through the table all the outside with with this phone um right after that's when the Usos come out yeah and they they go after a Logan's co-host from his podcast uh but then out comes Jake Paul right so he's just one with the UFC so it's it's a big big spot to bring out Jake Paul there was there was these rumors that he was going to be there throughout the day. He's there. He drops Jay and Jimmy Uso with right hands on the outside. Um, Logan goes up top, comes off the top rope, nearly gets a, a pinfall yet again. Um, Solo Sokoa comes out, uh, gets involved. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's chaotic. You get a, a stare down between him and Jake Paul. Uh Logan launches himself over the top ropes to lay out the Usos. But in the end, Roman lays him out with a spear and wins the match. I got to say, Logan Paul does a hell of a frog splash, too. Yes, the spot to the outside was great. But yeah. the, the finish in this, again, stop me when you've heard this before with the Roman Reigns main event, anticlimactic. Next time there's a good finish to a Roman Reigns pay-per-view match, maybe the first. <laughs> in the seal run but yeah best thing on the show i mean like three and a quarter three and a half stars i was gonna ask you what you thought dave would give this i bet he's gonna go four and a half on it that's I, my I prediction don't, i don't even follow that anymore <laughs> stop it <laughs> yeah i yeah i'd be i'd be like three and three fours to four probably on this personally Oof. but i'm sure dave will be much higher we'll see we will see better than the 92 rumble Stop it. <laughs> From a star ratings perspective, Kyle, you know it's going to get the higher, higher score. It. You think this match has been the 1990 Rumble? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to say to you. You would you would say something that would get our Facebook group banned. Get me a harpoon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, it was a it was a spectacle. A lot of cool spots. I mean, as I said at the very top, that's what they're going for. They want those clips, especially with a celebrity like Logan Paul, they can push out there. Yeah, that's what they what, got. What are they doing now on this Twitter? Before I logged in, actually, you wrote something funny about it because you said it should be me. I, I don't think that I didn't see that on Twitter. Who's the next? <laughs> part of me died inside when I saw that tweet. From Who's the next YouTuber that Roman Reigns should work with? What are we doing? <laughs> definitely trp kyle definitely hey it's got three likes more than i thought 
Hold on, let me just. What are we screen. doing? The next YouTuber? I don't even understand why these Paul brothers are famous. I agree. Rick Skelton said he's he didn't know either, and and I gotta agree. Yeah, there it is. I mean, they're tools. Oh, I got to get our graphic off the screen. This is more work mm. than I thought. There it is. It's got to be TRP Kyle. Who should be the next YouTuber to step into the ring with at WWE Roman Reigns? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't at go. TRP Kyle. I wouldn't go to the ring until they came up with a good finish. <laughs> Who could blame you? I like that you're holding out for quality. I always do. Yeah. Well, that wasn't was holding out for quality on this show. Didn't really get it either. Wait, Jesse says the ratings are out. It was four and a half. I didn't even see that. Did he put out the Observer early? How'd those ratings get out? Yeah, where did he get the ratings from? Did he? Mm-hmm. But maybe he just gave them on Wrestling Observer Radio. Oh, probably. There it is. Imagine thinking this was a match of the year. <laughs> Guys, um, I got to tell you, if you're not in our Facebook group already, we've mentioned it many times. Get in there. We are going to be doing a Q and A session on the show very soon, probably on our next episode. Um, there's a thread in the Facebook group. Get your questions in there. We will have one more show, and then the full gear review will be the one after that. So, and then as we as we talked about earlier, we got classics coming up. We've got a TR extra coming up with Kyle and Michael Jenkinson. So, some good stuff on the horizon. Subscribe on YouTube, join the Patreon page. Lots of good stuff coming your way. Kyle, that that's all I got. You got any other thoughts before we take it off into the sunset? A lot of harpoons, buddy. Yes. All right. So before that, I am Ryan Drosty. A C? I gave the show a C. For Kyle Ross, the great Kyle Ross. Talk to you again real soon. Take care.